Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Friday, February 11, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Obviously, there's a lot of stuff on the docket. The market dumped out. That's a technical term. And what happened was they got below the channel that we were discussing. So we could make it like this. It's a hypothetical or a hypothesized channel. It's just they were staying in this channel. Now they've broken below. So we talked about this. What happens when they break below? Well, the first thing they do is immediately test the breakup candle low. 439.81 is that price. We put a line on that price and we see that they came into that price. They spiked through by a little bit of that price and then they closed above that price which happens the majority of the time on the first run. The first run to an important spot, they usually bounce off it. However, think about this one, the bounce off of it really wasn't that good. They tried to bounce off of it, but what they really did was they just went back and forth while they closed above it, they stayed down there and they never really had institutional participation on the upside. There was no rip-your-face-off rally from an important spot. What does that tell you? I don't know what it tells you, but it tells me there's a likelihood they're going to go lower. However, let's understand something. Let's lay this thing out from a big-picture perspective. I understand what the news cycle was today. You have the Russia-Ukraine thing. What are we going to do about it? They're going to not wait till the Olympics is over. All that stuff. It's still not new information. So the market uses it as an excuse, breaks down, and here we are. Doesn't matter what the reason is, here we are is all that matters. Next week is options expiration week. Weird stuff happens. So here's one of the possible layouts. You have some kind of a gap down on Monday. The futures are down Sunday night. Maybe there's a flush lower. Maybe it's just a minor gap down. All of a sudden by Tuesday, turnaround Tuesday, we find the market trying to rally back above 440. 440 is a big spot. It's a big fat round number. It represents, give or take, ES 4400. That's another reason why they fought that level this afternoon. And I know this is going to sound crazy. However, this is off the table, meaning the bullish pattern that was going to send prices higher. Not that they can't go higher, just that pattern is off the table. The other thing that's off the table is the A up, B leg, C complete higher than the A leg. That didn't happen. So that's off the table. Well, what do we have next? Well, we have a couple of things next. We have a rally up, a double top failure, and a collapse. That's one thing on the table. And remember something. The market was always going to go back down, even if it completed up here or will complete up there at some point in the future. The market was always going to have another leg lower. Remember the other night we said, then they'll hit him again, quote, unquote. So instead, they're hitting him now. But again, we have to be aware of options expiration. So even though it sounds like a broken record, it is what it is, forget the fact that just made a double top. Let's just conceptualize this. The market rallies up, it fails, comes back down, finds a low on Monday or Tuesday, and all of a sudden starts back up again. Guess what? We're back in business with a potential ABC. Don't discount that scenario. 
We're not talking about them going back up yet, all the way up here. Nothing like that. Just that, don't discount. They put in another low rather than collapse back down. Now, if you wake up Monday morning and they're collapsing back down, well, then that's off the table. I'm just giving you the scenarios. Where is that possible spot? Well, let's use a zone since obviously the market is volatile. You get big swings in both directions. We need a zone for where the market might find garden variety support, which also gives us something where if they get below and start closing below, then something else is developing and the lows would be on the table. We're going to call it 435 to 432. So as a wrap-up on the daily chart, let's say this. 439.81 is a line in the sand. Below that opens the door 435 to 432. No guarantee they get there, but the door would be open for them to waltz on through and head down in the southern direction to that zone. Below 432 opens the door for some other stuff lower. Inside the number members will have that stuff Monday morning on an as-needed basis. Inside the numbers today, we know the result, so what we'll do is paraphrase what happened. They were hanging around the other big fat round number of 450. Instead, this afternoon, they went all the way back down to the next one, 440. But that's what was going on in the pre-market. They were angling to either have a Friday floater or if they get below certain stuff, then it's obviously not the Friday floater. What I'm going to do is, again, scroll up, let you read the notes, go back to the chart to double-check the work. Obviously, if you're interested to participate inside the numbers, then you'll stop, you'll read the notes, you'll go back and double-check the work to see if this is something, A, that actually works, am I full of garbage, which I'm not, and finally, can you make money using this information? What I will tell you is if they get below a certain stuff on Friday, you don't want any part of it. You don't want to get into a trade on Friday afternoon and have to live with it on the weekend if you're wrong and you have to either book losses or stir over the weekend holding a position that you shouldn't have taken. So therefore, by design, I'm not providing this information on an afternoon like today. We'll circle back to some stocks on the move stuff. 446 is an important spot on the downside. And, so check this out, if they get below and they reach 443.83, that's a low that will be short-term Irene from an intraday perspective, meaning if they get below that, what are you looking at? Yeah, 440. So when I shut it down for the day, none of that stuff was happening on the downside. No longer interested in 446 by the time I sign off, so nobody should have been trying to pick off 446. Let's circle to stocks on the move, and then I have something really juicy that I'm going to show you after stocks on the move. We had four on the board, CLF, TTDX, and CFLT. We're going to take a look at three out of the four. X did not hit its entry target. Let's look at the other ones, see what happened. Cleveland Cliffs came close in the morning, had the rip-roaring rally away. Therefore, by the time they come back later in the day, you're not interested in this spot anymore, especially on a Friday afternoon with a couple of hours left of trading. No dice. TTD, same routine on the first level, second level, too late anyway. They're eating time off the clock above this level. We want the ones that come straight in. I can't say it enough about CFLT. Now, Jordan was on this one in the room, did not take the first level because it came up short, bounced away, so he took a pass on that. The same exact thing happened at the second level. He took a pass on that. He bought the third level along with many traders in the live room, and they made money on the third level. 
had a nice bounce up, went as high as 61.86, you're pulling in with a stand-up double. Maximum gain of $2.55 in minutes. Traders take profit along the way. You never know which ones are going to give you the rocket ride. Now, we're going to take a detour and go back to the SPY. Why? We're talking about the swing trade. We're talking lazy swing trader. There's a method to the madness. A couple days ago, there was a short trade issued. As long as they got up to 455.50 or above, as long as they didn't get above 458.12 and they did not. This is my inbox. We're focused on the only one you can see. You don't need to see the other stuff. We're focused on Billy. Now, Billy responded to an email today. This is the email about TBT. We booked profit in the TBT option yesterday. Not all of it, some of it. What did they do today? TBT pulled back. The option pulled back. It's funny how that works. That's also from the Lazy Swing Trader. Billy writes, just wanted to show you the profit from Lazy Swing Trader. It was a crazy ride. I still have SDS. Are you sure you're not taking some profit out? I'm still holding SDS. That day, there were two trades wrapped up into one. Put back on the profit I took off of SDS. We're playing the market in both directions. And we bought the option on the SPY. So Billy attached something at the bottom of the email. Okay, there you go. Now, we're going with, Billy didn't make this out of Photoshop. We're going with, he sent me the real thing. There's real money being made. Now, understand, I can't scroll up in this screen. There's a little more at the bottom, but you get the point. He was up $48,000 plus. Now, understand. I think in here it said somewhere he had 60 puts. Yeah, right here, quantity, 60 puts. Not everybody has an account to handle 60 puts. I get that. doesn't matter. The point is, whether your account is a fraction of the size or 10 times the size, it doesn't make any difference. We're working on, does this work? Base hits, put you in the Hall of Fame. Sometimes you get a double. Sometimes you get a triple. Sometimes you get a home run. But we're always swinging right back up the box for a base hit. Couple more comments on that. Let's also go with, that wasn't Billy's life savings. Billy knows what he's doing. Billy's a trader. Billy knows how to make money. Billy's taken losses before. Billy understands what he was doing. We're going with that. Kind of like the old Bo knows. Remember Bo Jackson? Probably the single best athlete ever to walk on this planet. Nike had commercials back then when he was playing. Bo knows, and it was all kinds of different stuff. There was a great series of commercials. Well, in this case, Billy knows that wasn't his life savings. We had an email conversation today. I implored Billy to take some profits today, even though he can hold some for the you never know. But you never know. Have we ever seen them gap higher on a Sunday after things looked like they were going into the abyss and the close on Friday, and all of a sudden everything's fine by Monday morning? That happens. I don't know if it will happen or won't happen, following Monday, but it does happen. So when they hand you those kind of profits, you must book profit along the way. That's how we treat this as a business. Some of the traders that emailed me late last year complaining that there wasn't enough trades in the lazy swing trader, I wrote back to you and I said, just hold your horses, wait until after the new year, things are going to heat up. Patience pays. I said that every single time. You don't have to always be in a trade. You should be in a trade. You're 100% confident that it's going to work. 
They're not going to work 100% of the time, but you have to go into it with 100% confidence. Not because something might work and you don't want to miss it. That's not the right approach. IWM. Quite interestingly enough, we still have relative strength in the IWM. Let's take a look at this objectively. Where did they close? Above the 20-period moving average. Okay, at least that's something in the bull side of the ledger. They were down 8 tenths of 1% today. The S&P 500 was down 1 and 3 quarters percent. Okay, that's another thing on the bull side of the ledger. And then you start thinking to yourself, or I'm thinking to myself, you might be thinking to yourself, hey, wait a minute, we've got that options expiration thing next week, maybe they're going to rip the market up, maybe the whole Russia thing was not yet, or maybe it's a sell the rumor, buy the news. Any way you look at it, the IWM is still in a short-term uptrend. So it's in its own channel. This may be bearish eventually, but right now, until it breaks out of this, you could still have one of these working. It could go on for a while. We've seen this before. So as long as they don't break the bottom end of this channel, then things are okay to stay in the channel. Eventually, the channel will break down and they'll go lower, but that could take a while. They could still get up to the 50-period moving average. Remember, next week is options expiration week. I can't say it enough. Because weird stuff happens. Happens on individual stocks. It happens on the individual indices. It happens all over the place. Not every single options expiration, but it's an awareness. And especially when you have enhanced or increased volatility like we do now, you have to be aware of the unexpected. There is no unexpected. Expect all unexpected. Net-net, when you look at the IWM and the Qs, which we'll look at in a moment, they're all going to trade together. If the market's going down more than a bread box, they're all going down. They don't have to all go down to the same magnitude, but they're all going to be going down. Same thing on the flip side. We talk about that all the time. Bludgeoned is the term that comes to mind for the folks down at the transportation department. When you look at the weekly chart, what do you see? All of a sudden, you see one of these bear flag patterns beginning to develop underneath the moving averages. That's not bullish, but that is what it says, a bear or bearish, flag-ish pattern to run a test of these lows down here around 14,000. That's what this is doing at present. What about the Qs? The Silicon Valley people annexed over in Austin, Texas. Now, they're in a different position than the SPY. They're leading to the downside. They were relatively weak against the SPY. On the Qs, essentially the door is really open already for these lows. For this low here, which is 337.95, call it 338, you get below that, obviously the other low down here from the ultimate low on the 24th, 334.15. Get below that and they light them up again. Get below this low we just discussed and what happens? Opens the door for the 100 period moving average there are numbers in and around that area. We'll reserve those for folks that ask for them inside the numbers or in the live room. Don't ask over the weekend. Leave it till Monday. The financials. So they're coming down from the gap, still above all the moving averages, and even on the weekly chart. So technically speaking, there's nothing wrong with this chart. The trend is your friend, and you know the rest. But here's what I'm looking at. This is what just jumped off the page on the weekly chart at me. You have a breakdown candle. 
The high was 40.60. You got above the high, you filled the gap. The price was rejected, and now you're back below that. So essentially, from a weekly chart perspective, they ran a test of that number. They spiked it. As long as they closed below it, and they did, it's still essentially intact for a ride lower from that breakdown candle. They ran a test of the high. Now they're going to go back down. Will they bust through the 50-period moving average? That's really the way I see it. Now, I said it all in one breath, but you're above all the moving averages. So the dominant thing is your trend, but from a weekly chart perspective, that's an important spot. They tried, but they could not close above it. You have to take that away from the market. Same routine with Smash Mouth. Killed today almost 5%. They were looking bullish, and they just flipped it all in one shot. It's all going to hinge on what happens in the broader market leading into Monday. We all know that. So with that, inside the number members, we'll have the numbers bright and early as we always do. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.